Welcome to the Redacted Recover Your Mind podcast. During, During this, this podcast, podcast you'll, you'll hear things that'll you. scare you, intrigue you, and make you doubt reality. But I assure you, none of this is made up for propaganda. This is Reality Draw Out Truth. Broadcasting from a secure location in Traverse City, Michigan. This is the Redacted Recover Your Mind Podcast. Here's your host, Mitchell O'Brien. Welcome back to the Redacted Recover Your Mind Podcast. I am Mitchell O'Brien. I have Lucas O'Brien with me, and I think we talked about it a little bit the last couple times, but he is the new co-host. We are co-hosts together. Lucas, say hello. Good to be back. I guess not back anymore. I'm just kind of apart. Just it's here. kind of sad. It's less, yeah, it's less exciting. I'm just, like, expected, you know. But after a few podcasts, like I said, makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, welcome to Redacted. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Well, we, we've got more. That's why we're here. And we wanted to, we've kind of talked about end times a little bit here and there. We've kind of talked about some different things that are out and about in the spiritual world. But we have something a little more pointed. And I know you wanted to, to touch on the end time stuff and bring up the pull shift. And we're not talking about charity down at the local... You know what I'm where I'm going with that. No, we're we're talking about the one you put up in your living room that just falls over every time. (laughs) Get a little too much sway in one direction. But anyway, (laughs) we're not talking about the sassy ones there. We're talking about the 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 big ones, magnetic poles of the entire planet. Which before we go into it, here's a here's a question for you. Would that exist if the Earth was flat? Yes. It would? Yes. And, and the reason I say yes so specifically, and, and I'll get into this more part of why this is on my mind this week once we get into it more. There is an electromagnetic field that is me- measurable around the Earth. Mm-hmm. Anybody with basic tools can figure this out. You know, if you have a magnet and a needle, you can figure it out why a compass works. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you have positive and negative. So even if we're not on a globe in space and we're on a pizza in space or <laughs> we're in some sort of snow globe-like setup or whatever is going on, there's some sort of magnetic field that's measurable and has a north and a south. And does that point to the middle of a flat plane and the outside of it? Maybe. Does it point to the top? of a half dome thing we're in and the bottom of it of the foundation or whatever maybe is it the top and bottom of a globe in space maybe i i don't know for sure but it's there and it's measurable so no matter what system you're thinking of no matter where you are on that journey and what conclusion you've come to there are magnetic poles mainstream science if you look into it not like the science with capital S, but like the ones that actually go out and study and look at what's going on in the world. Yeah. They're, they're saying this is happening and it's been happening since the nineties. It's, it's been proven to be happening since the nineties and it's exponential. The further we go, the faster it gets and it's getting faster and faster and faster. And it will lead to calamity. 
I remember sometime in the earlier 2000s, probably around the time my kiddo was born, and there was a, a National Geographic Discovery Channel, something back when they actually did, like, science and earth stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they could measure in the seafloor the parts of the tectonic plates that were coming out of the earth. There were bands somehow. I don't know if it was even coloration or something. But there are different things that they can measure where they would say, hey, it looks like the pole shift was this way for a while and the poles were this way for a while. Mm -hmm. And some people have postulated that when they happened, it could... I've been listening to a lot of Tim Alberino. (laughs) I got big words. Uh, I always think... I I say it a lot and... And my wife points it out every time. Postulate. It sounds so intelligent. Every single time I say I just always get self-confident that I'm actually saying it properly. (laughs) That's how I say it, too. (laughs) There's also where they say that the pull shift isn't that big of a deal. And just the negative goes to positive. The positive goes to negative. And what we see is a short period well, and they said it could be 10 to 100, couple hundred years, which sounds like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, isn't. They say that yeah. there's going to be a weakened magnetic field around the Earth, and that's where you see some of the less explainable ancient extinction events, where yeah. we're just getting blasted by cosmic rays, and it was just because the poles were shifting and we weren't as protected. There's not a cataclysmic physical thing that happens to the mass of the Earth. But then there's the people who talk about it where it is an entire Earth-shaking experience. That's more what I want to touch on because like, I brought it up in the past few episodes, that book that I was reading that was talking about the ancient cataclysms. He was saying he thinks it had to do with Mars and Venus mm-hmm. and how the poles might have actually flipped during those events. What we're talking about, what they say is going on now is a shift, which is like a 45 degree shift, not a, or not 45, a 90 degree shift instead of like 180. Because if a 180 degree shift happened, the whole earth would flip over if we're talking globe and space. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it works on a flat earth model. I've tried to figure that out, but I'm honestly not sure exactly how that works because there is some sort of rotation and stuff that comes into play with that whole system as well. I Um, made pancakes over the weekend. I think I can explain it pretty well. (laughs) We'll let you explain that in a minute. How's the pancake work? (laughs) And honestly, anybody that believes that, it's a funny thing to joke about, like, yes, we're a pizza in space or we're a pancake or something, but I don't discount that the world could be a completely different shape than we're told. It's very possible. It's explainable by what you can easily observe that we're not on a globe in space. Hot dog it's earth. also explainable. What? Hot dog earth. Hot dog. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that one. I think I put it on the redacted Facebook page. I put a lot of things on there. Some things I read, some things I don't, some things the headline just looks kind of cool. But one was, the it said, um, you still believe in flat earth? No, the new thing is hot dog earth. And then it showed earth 
as the shape of a hot dog. There were a couple people that that thought it was amusing. <laughs> that's it, it, America and China. You try to get to one from the other, you have to go all the way through the hot dog. We're on the opposite end. <laughs> I did cut you off though. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know, I'm not on any social media, and I don't even use a smartphone. If you're going to hear from me, you're hearing from me on the podcast. If you hear from anyone else, it's probably Mitchell. So I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) And when we comment, like, why doesn't Lucas know what's going on on the social media page? Because I'm not on social media anymore. Yeah. So we might talk about that at some point, too. The world's going crazy segue into the magnetic field shift and the weakening of the Earth's atmosphere because, well, there's there's a few things we've touched on already. Mm -hmm. Ancient texts all over the world talk about these cataclysms and a coming doom and things like that. It's all over the Bible. The book that I was just reading says that most of the cataclysms talked about in Isaiah already happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talked about earlier in the Bible already happened. Noah's was one of them. I actually took some time to read about Noah's Ark, that whole, the flood and everything today in Genesis, Jubilees, and Jasher. And in Jasher, it's interesting because it it doesn't just talk about a flood, but it talks about lightning and thunder and a great earthquake that shook the entire earth before all the water came forth. I, uh, I covered that in Sunday school you know, happy people, two of every animal, rain, like, I'm good. Yeah, there was a, a little storm cloud that came over and rained <laughs> for 40 days, <laughs> nonstop. It was just a hole in a, the dimension that was like a faucet. Well, and it's either Jasher or Jubilee says that there were seven founts of heaven that were opened and seven founts of the earth. But it pretty much says that geysers burst forth everywhere and spewed water from inside the earth. Right. Genesis says the springs of the earth. So that kind of lines up with that, right? Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. It's translation and stuff like that. But that's why I like Jubilees and and Jasher because it expands on it a little bit. And it could be conjecture from ancient people. There are some that believe that Jasher might have been written first. And that Genesis and Jubilees is based off of it. If you read Jubilees, it sounds like Jubilees was written first and was given to Moses on the mountain by the angel of the Lord. That's literally what it says right in the start of it. And then Genesis would be written afterwards. I don't know. I wasn't there. So it's interesting to kind of compile them. But there's all these ancient catastrophes that happen. They're all over the Bible. They're all over other... Um, ancient text and there's prophecies of ones to happen in the future revelation is one of those mm-hmm. there are other ones in other texts that talk about a lot of different things that could happen or they claim will happen now can i interject and, for a second yeah go for it maybe i'm getting ahead of ourselves here but what you said about what you read jasher jubilee which i need to read jasher because i accidentally just didn't stop reading enoch and then realized I was, like, into the second chapter of Jasher. <laughs> I was like, this is way different. And I went, oh, it's not even the right book. So you mentioned in the flood, 
there was just there were the springs and the the he- the seven from the heavens and but then an earthquake, which I heard that somewhere recently too. Now you're already starting to describe a little bit of what people say a cataclysmic pole shift would be like. Yeah. Now I seem to remember, and I'm not as good with this as you are. It's one of the reasons I keep you around. <laughs> I'm useful for something, right? <laughs> and this is a big. This is one of the big ones. Like you're really, you're way better at this than I am. There's a earthquake in Revelation, right? Yep. I'm trying to find it right now. So you keep talking, and I'll. <laughs> I just read it yesterday. Well, what I'm getting at, and like I said, I might, I might have been getting ahead of ourselves, but it seems like there's a theme, a common denominator. And I know that the cataclysmic pole shift people say if your insides are flipping around on the inside of the earth, that's going to shake some stuff up. Like, that's a that's a big deal. <laughs> Tim's never coming on. Never. <laughs> never. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, to I, that point, we have no idea. If the earth is a globe in space, even if the earth is any sort of flat earth model, whatever people have come up with. I believe if it is a flat earth model, it's like the snow globe kind of model. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what's inside the earth. We guess. And, and that was the thing. So I listened to this podcast this week that was talking about, it, it was really interesting. I'll go into the story a little bit here. I started a new job recently. And one of the guys that I met at this job is becoming a, a friend pretty quickly. His name's Sam. Shout out to Sam. Everyone needs at least one fam in their life. Mm-hmm. He's not like my last fam. He's very different than my last fam. I inherited Everyone your last fam, and it's okay. I like him. So, Yeah, he's pretty likable yeah. for the most part. Sometimes you just want to punch him in the face. but <laughs> I haven't gotten there. But <laughs> it's in like a little brother kind of way. Oh, I know. Not like a bad way. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> you've got a few of those to work <laughs> I only have a couple of those to work <laughs> Yeah, I have one more but than anyway. you. <laughs> yeah. And you can't punch me anymore because I'm many states away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember punching you very much anyway on the whole I don't think, Brothers thing. I can't think of a time you ever did punch me. I've been shoved at you. Never punched. <laughs> Mitchell's a good brother for anyone who knows. Yeah, doesn't know. I do recall anyway, more fighting between the younger brothers than than me. So, well, yeah, and there might have been some punching between me and the next one. But for anyone who hasn't met him, he may have deserved it. <laughs> it's always what the older brothers. He also may have. He may have taken the first swing every single time as well. So <laughs> that's true. There's that side of it. Anyway, Sam. Back <laughs> so, to Sam. Back to Sam. <laughs> Sam. He's a great guy that I've met. And he told me the other day he's a Muslim. He actually reads Arabic. So he was he's telling me a little bit about the Quran. And I've never read the Quran. I've heard all these bad things that people say about it. I don't know. I I take all the bad things kind of like that's been my viewpoint throughout most of my life, but I've never read it. So I can't judge it without reading it. And I can't judge it fully without reading it in the original language, which I will probably never do. Right. So I can't judge it fully. <laughs> he said he's going to get me one in a, what he believes is the best translation as someone who reads it in the original language, which is cool. Yeah. Anyway, he said the poles are shifting. 
you know that, right? That's a sign of the end times. Mm. And I, I went through my brain real quick and I'm like, I studied Ezekiel and Daniel and Revelation and Jeremiah and Isaiah, all sorts of the Bible and things that have been taken out of the Bible and things that people don't think should be in it and whatever blasphemies that I read. And, yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember anything about a pole shift being mentioned, at least in a, a very easy to understand way. Maybe I missed it, but I don't remember any mention of it. I, I earthquakes, hurricanes, mighty winds, floods, you know, all that kind of stuff. A comet that turns all, or what, a third of the Earth's water sour and kills people. Hmm. All sorts of crazy stuff. But not a bullshit. And he said, it's in the Quran. And that's when he told me he was a Muslim and explained a little bit more about it. And so I guess this is actually a prophecy in the Quran that I am ignorant to, that I, I'm hoping to learn about in the near future, mm-hmm. that there will be a pole shift, and the pole shift is part of the coming judgment that destroys the earth and fire that we see in Revelation. Hmm. Well, and if anybody's read any of those, who, who wrote those? I forget those. The Left Behind books. It was definitely going to be a worldwide earthquake. After we all disappear. Supposedly. <laughs> if you believe in the rapture, especially before anything bad happens, I suggest you buy more translations of the Bible and spend some more time reading. That's all I have. So I will say I tried to find I tried to read the Quran. I tried. Mm-hmm. I really tried. And I think there's a version of it here. And I'm going to say either I'm bad at reading it and I may, maybe I'm just pre-programmed to, for the Bible um, or it's a bad translation. It's really hard to follow. And so I tried to find like an electronic version because you can get, there's thousands of, electronic apps for the Bible. We have the Sefer. That one's, I really like that one. But mm-hmm. almost all of them, I spent a really good part of at least half a day looking. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a long time for me to be <laughs> looking for something and, and interested, trying to find a copy of the Quran in mobile application form and they are all in Arabic all of them I mean you just have to learn Arabic you remember when I was ta- we, we talked about speaking in tongues I don't think we did it on the maybe I mentioned it on the podcast but the times where I do believe that I did it with some kind of substance and yep Translated it into Arabic, of all things. Yeah. Which I thought that was really interesting. It was always Arabic. If I ever got anything from it, it was always Arabic. So. Well, and there are some, and I've talked to a few people who have studied into ancient languages a little bit, and a lot of people say Hebrew is the original language or whatever, and like modern Hebrew is not. It's 100% not. The vowel markings change the meaning of almost everything. Now, I'll probably get 
somebody from the you know international bank system coming to kill me after saying this, but it's not <laughs> the original language. Ancient Hebrew, maybe it possibly is. Arabic is believed by some to be the closest modern language to the original language hmm. before the Tower of Babel. And it's very, very similar to Hebrew, ancient Hebrew specifically, but very similar. The vowels are very similar. The, the structure of things are very similar. All, all I know for sure is that their calligraphy is absolutely gorgeous, and it's one of the prettiest looking languages, in my opinion, when you see their calligraphy. Yeah. You should look it up if you've never seen it before. It's, it's really cool looking. It looks like something out of uh, a Tolkien book or something like that. It's really cool. And that's the language that people speak today. Um, you could say that those languages are step brothers? Yeah. Just like the peoples that claim them. <laughs> the, the two belief systems? And I've wondered that, cause, and, and I don't know the truth behind that, because I haven't dug into it that deep, but they say that the Hebrews came from the line of Isaac, the son of Abraham, mm-hmm. the rightful heir from his wife, and that, what is it, Ishmael, the son of Hagar, mm-hmm. his concubine, or his wife's servant, or however they say it, that's technically Abraham's firstborn son. Right. Now, that's not from his wife. That's from his wife's servant or his concubine, however you see that. But either way, like Ishmael is technically his firstborn son. And that's the thing that I've heard thrown around. And again, I'm, I'm ignorant to this, so I, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm, I'm going to look into this more. I come from a Christian background that worships the Hebrew nation and modern Judaism, which I definitely don't agree with. In, not that I disagree with it completely, but I, I don't agree with it on, on many things. And the, the general way that the Christian church looks to Judaism as this perfect structure of what everything's supposed to be or whatever. But it's possible that the Arabic people and, and that bloodline that's been passed down is the actual inheritance of Abraham more rightfully than the Hebrew nation. Hmm. I didn't get struck by lightning, so it, it might be true. I <laughs> I'm still, yeah, the, if you want to go into weather, I'm still thinking that your snow globe earth is working because that's what it looks like outside here. So, but Hey, I, I live in North Carolina, and there were, I went on a walk around the lake today, the lake where I saw a lot of ducks that one day. We're not allowed to go there. The listeners. I saw a handful of ducks. Oh, we're going to get into waterfowl because it's <laughs> actually very important when it comes to this whole bullshit thing because that's part of the proof of what's happening is that the way waterfowl are acting currently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was ice all over the lake. I was like, wow, this feels like Michigan. Ice. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are people running scared afraid like what is happening to our water because it's north carolina <laughs> <laughs> the water is becoming solid what is that like this is how she is and they're like it's, the, it's definitely the end times so yeah <laughs> well i have to say so back to sam 
he did tell me he's lived here much longer than I have. And he said that it's significantly colder this winter and the past couple winters than it has been down here the entire time he's lived here. And winter came on a lot later, which is very, very odd. Like usually winter starts like November and we start seeing temperatures in like sixties and fifties and because all summer down here is like ninety to hundred degrees. Mm-hmm. And then winter is like your nice period where it's forty to sixty. Well, this winter's been dropping into the teens at night, the twenties at night, which is really weird for this area. And it's been consistent. You know, this week we're supposed to see seventy degrees during the day, but this past week we hit high teens at night, and that's very strange. Mm. And I hear that Michigan's been quite strange too. If you want to elaborate on that, it's almost the exact same, though. Is it hit way later than normal? But when it did, mm-hmm. it was extreme, like immediately below zero temperatures, blizzards. But it hit really not like it it normally would. And I say normally because I've spent almost thirty seven years in this state, and so I mm-hmm. I have a pretty good you know view of the average winter in mm-hmm. northern Michigan. And that's where I want to interject the fact that climate change does climate change. I have, I absolutely think it does because of pull shifts and, and stuff like that. But I don't think if climate change happened the way to or the way that the the big media is is saying it does it wouldn't be staying warmer much later, but then hitting so hard. Honestly, like that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like if there was climate change the way that they said it would be different, that hit hard, that hard hit wouldn't be happening. Um, well, and I actually, I have a theory on this and one of these days, and I was thinking about doing it at the start of this podcast, Everyone will get it later on. I'm going to go on a rant about health and eating, mm-hmm. eating food and not eating what we call food, but actual food, mm-hmm. real food for human beings, which is not what most people eat. I'm not going to rant on it right now, but I will. Um, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But this ties into that. So I, I've heard a lot of people that have went into a natural movement and raising their own animals for food gardening a lot, maybe having a small farm, whatever, raising their own food organically and everything, not putting chemicals on everything. There is no reason we need to put petroleum products on our food. Mm -mm. We should not be eating oil. Mm -mm. Think about it that way. It is. I mean, go take the gas out of your car and drink it and see how you feel. Done with rant. So, supposedly there's all these planes that fly over all over the country mm-hmm. do this little crisscross pattern across the sky and spray some aluminum oxide and something else up in the sky. Mm-hmm. And they have what they tell us it's about. And I don't even remember what it is. I looked into it at one point. It happens and I feel worse physically on the days, the day after they do it. I notice that I feel worse consistently. They do it less down here than they did in Michigan, but it still happens down here. And you see this crisscross pattern. 
and it, it's aluminum and something else. And there's people that are saying like they're trying to kill us and they're putting aluminum on the soil. And, and but there's truth to that. Plants don't want to grow as well in soil laced with aluminum. Hmm. The other side is this pole shift theory is that the Earth's magnetic field is weakening and that the sun's radiation is, is hitting us a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And if you put minute levels of aluminum in the atmosphere, the upper lever, levels of the lower lowest level of the atmosphere, the first heaven, however you want to view it, mm-hmm. that that will help reflect the sun's radiation and keep us from being bombarded by it, which may help keep us safe from the things that are coming. Mm. And I think that's what Bill Gates says is something like that, that we're trying to reflect back the sun so that global warming doesn't happen. Wait. Or so something like that. There, this is actually, so I've always heard about chemtrails and stuff like that, but you're saying they're actually doing this now? I heard about this being yeah. like, a, hey, maybe this is something that we could do in the future and it would help. But I've never actually heard them be like, yeah, we're doing it. This is something we do. It's been happening for at least three to five years, maybe longer. Where have I been? I don't know. You should go outside and look up. I mean, I see chemtrails, and I'm always just like, oh, it's just an airplane. But it, it's not, because if you watch a normal airplane fly through the air, mm-hmm. nothing's left behind it. A passenger airplane flying past doesn't leave a trail. Or a very, very faint one, if they leave anything. And I don't know enough about them to argue that, so. Yeah, well, and that's, and people can look into it. it. It might be hidden a little bit. You might have to dig for it now. It's things that I came across years ago, and I've talked to quite a few people about. And there's all these people that are like, they're trying to kill us. They're try, You know, it, it affects our soil. I've seen a difference in my garden. It doesn't produce like it used to, and. All of a sudden, these chemtrails are all over the sky, and now my tomatoes don't ripen properly, you know, whatever. And that's true. That's happening. And it could be that there's a thing that's out to get us, and they're trying to kill us. I, I don't disbelieve that. I think there's a higher malevolent power who is out to try to destroy mankind so that we cannot inherit what we're called to inherit uh-huh. in the authority of the heavens. I think that's true, <laughs> but it could also be that mankind is trying to protect, protect us from what's happening with this shift and this weakening of the magnetic field of the earth that's opening us up to radiation or potentially attacks from something that I don't know, but this is happening and it's something to look into because it's definitely happening. People are seeing changes in their gardens. People are seeing changes in their health. You can notice the difference when these planes are going over. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. But it's that. So, I never even have, I haven't even thought about doing a podcast on chemtrails before, and here we are. Um, <laughs> so, it's, alum, how do how do the British say it? Aluminium? Aluminium. Alum, yeah, aluminium. Vitamin. Um, <laughs> so, that's that's what's going on up there. And so, I guess that can make sense. I don't want to form an opinion yet, but yeah, 
Uh, so that's breaking my brain right now. I'm going to go back to the poll shift real quick. <laughs> okay. Because this is like a first for me. But um, yeah. I just always heard like, like things that could happen and everybody went like, isn't that what they did? They had messed with the sky in the movie The Matrix and it's all real. But um, yeah, something like that. Anyway, back to the poll Your shift. Battery. Yeah. Well, like you said, not a whole 180 shift, like flip. But you said something 45 degrees or, or something like that. Uh, I said 45 first, but it's supposed to be 90. Yeah, because it's like half the shift. Well, and, yeah. and what I just want to postulate, <laughs> use it again, um, <laughs> is there's fossil evidence, supposedly, on Antarctica that it was once tropical. Yeah. How, where does Antarctica have to be to be tropical? Uh, probably in the tropics. Equator. That's what I would assume. Yeah. And then yeah. it's a pretty good, like, okay, so the very top of the planet is mostly... Well, I mean, ice, but mostly water mass. There's not, like, big land mass up there. Partially Alaska, I think. Well, and Greenland goes well up into that area. Right. Um, And I think parts of Siberia and stuff like that as well. And then you look at... You look at at Antarctica, and it's like this land mass is right there. Boom. Bottom of the top. Um... Or a ring all the way around, one of the two. Yeah, whichever. The the frozen crust of our pizza earth. Um, <laughs> that's whenever some, somebody ever puts it like a, a pizza, I always think of the Antarctica ice wall is like the frozen crust of a pizza that you just pulled out of the fridge, freezer. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, just, I, I would suspect there would have to be some sort of I'm going to say bulbous land mass. <sighs> and you almost get that with what's directly across the planet from Africa? Um, Hawaii. Right. I think it's like nothing. And that's a, hot, that's a hot spot. Hawaii is. Yeah. Um, a volcanic hotspot, kind of like, uh, Yellowstone, just not as, I don't know, maybe it's, it is as dangerous since it's underwater, so it doesn't have the same effect, but yeah, you can see like the Hawaiian islands are just one hot spot that are continuously erupting. And as the crust moves, it leaves mm-hmm. an island here and then an island there and then an island there. Um, there's, evidence supposedly from ground penetrating radar that that's what the Yellowstone super volcanoes done too is there mm-hmm. are these holes punched in the crust where it's at where it was 10,000 years ago where it was 12,000 years before that where it was you know and it's kind of lining up with the amount of time that we're talking about the pole shift yeah hmm so I'm, I'm going to throw something out there, and I want you to Google search it live on podcast, which no one will hear live, obviously. But 
Right. I heard about this the other day and my, you know, not having a smartphone kind of kept me looking it up, but I believe the sources that I was listening to look up tropical glaciers. That's a kind Just of do that for a second. Yeah. I'll talk. You look up tropical glaciers. For me. Tropical so glaciers is a, is a kind of bottled water. <laughs> yes. Um, let me see. And I think it's a fruit punch flavor as well. Something like that. But so while you're looking that up. Does it have to do with Africa? Uh, probably because they're on the equator. There's part of Africa. They, yeah. as in all of Africa. Part of the continent is on the equator. There's also parts of South America. I know you want me to shut up while you talk about this and I look it all up. Right, go for it. But while I'm looking it up. It pops up Tropical Glacier Indonesia, Tropical yeah. Glacier Africa, and get this, yeah. Tropical Glacier Peru. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's why I wanted you to look it up. Those are all top searches if you type in Tropical Glacier. So these are mountain areas in the tropics that... Never freeze. There, there is no freezing in these areas. Right. And there are glaciers there that have not melted. And they're at high elevation. That's why they haven't melted. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're raised up from the area around them. But they're, the ice is ancient. And so these researchers that are researching the pole shift, this is part of their proof to say this has happened before and it's happened it's been a 90 degree shift because these were areas that were near the poles that had glaciers and because they're at high enough elevation that it's a cooler temperature the glacier itself like you think you put a block of ice out on a hot day it, it lasts a lot longer than you think it would because the inner ice stays really really cold and keeps the outer ice cold and as the water melts it kind of refreezes and, and all of that so the last shift, they think, was around 12,000 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Depending if any of the, if it's truth to that book that I read, there might have been some weird stuff that's happened in between that may or may not have affected that. Right. If the shift happens the way that they're talking, that has been prophesied, is that it, it's probably going to be a 90-degree shift putting Alaska and Greenland around the equator and putting places around the equator into the, the polar regions. I'm going to throw this out there. My phone's only a couple months old. Brand new phone. Mm-hmm. And I've been using it all day. Somebody could say, well, you need to restart it. But it's been working fine. I've been Googling things. I've been doing stuff. I've been working. Everything's been fine. I Google this on this phone and when we were talking about it and I made the joke about Tropical Glacier Water is when I clicked it. This page, Google search page, isn't fully loaded in yet. And I can't click any of the click downs on any of the other questions asked about it. It won't let me. Mm-hmm. It's frozen. Which, okay, tropical, it's glaciers, it's frozen. That's kind of weird. <laughs> but still, that's weird. It's not even wild. Yep. That's weird. Yeah. I brought up the Jews in the global banking system, so <laughs> they're, they're after us now. Don't say the C word. 
COVID. <laughs> oh, we say COVID like every single <laughs> I know, but they're listening now. <laughs> so I got one of these we'll links it. to click, but now it won't load. So I just went to a so different page, I'm... but it won't load. Huh. Maybe you need to reset your phone. <laughs> Why is this what messed it up? Where we're you're not supposed to know about it. We're talking on it right now. Yeah. That's why right. there's stuff out that this is the whole point of redacted is there's stuff out there that we've been told or we haven't been told about. And the the thing I was listening to the other day. Dude, um, it's, it's getting weirder though. Like, okay, I'm sorry to, to <laughs> cut you off, but I clicked on this one. It was the first it's the first search thing, it's scienceline.org. And it pops in, words pop up, it looks like it's totally loaded in. And then I will go to scroll to read further, and it all disappears. And it won't come back until I bring it to the top, and it comes back, and I go to scroll, and then it all disappears. This mm-hmm. is weird. <laughs> I, I've got a question for you, Mitchell. Yeah. Who's they, though? Who's what? Who is they, though? Oh, the demonic 1%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Nephilim. <laughs> yep, that's for, I, I say fallen angels. Nephilim are the reason that they can have authority on the earth. The dragon. We've explained some of the past and we'll explain more in the future. The dragon and his angels is where I'm going with it. Yeah. This is wild. I go to the next one and it just won't load. This won't won't happen. All right, let me let me search something weird. Just something off the wall, random. Search like Taylor Swift. Probably come right up. This phone just won't work now. This is live science for everybody. Scientific method here. We are testing things in the moment. I have so full Wi-Fi like, right now, and it won't search anything anymore. Maybe lightning struck your Wi-Fi wires. I already told you I'm in the snow globe. There ain't no lightning. Snow it's, lightning, it's Rachel. It's so, snow lightning. It's so weird. It's not going to do anything. It's a CNN answer. It's snow lightning. All right. So I just shut it off, went out of it, and now I'm going to go, let's search something. Hmm. I I want to keep a topic going while you're doing this. Yeah. You can interject, but I'm going to try to keep a topic going for a second. As this magnetic shift happens, what the mainstream science they don't talk about on the news because they don't want people freaking out. So you can find it if you look it up. Scientific papers, people are agreeing, it's peer research, that whole thing, the whole process. They're seeing that the magnetic field is weakening, that we're being open to more solar radiation. And this could be whatever Earth model you believe in, this can still be factual. Because of this, there are things written in sacred texts about at the end times, people will, will lose their faith. They won't have a strong spirituality anymore. And they'll literally lose their minds and become more and more corrupt and act on their base nature more and more. And what we're seeing, some scientists are, are seeing, is that in the past when the times of the Earth where the magnetic field was at its strongest, people had the strongest faith in God. Mm-hmm. And that you can literally use an electromagnet by placing it on your head and strengthening an electromagnet. There's some sort of test that do with this that can make you have transcendent experiences. 
mm. by this magnetic field so close to your brain. Well, and I was about to say, that doesn't surprise me with the electro connections. To, you know, your neurological system is an electric, it's an electric device. It's a bioelectric device. But yeah. so this is, this is dumb. So if I look up tropical glaciers, this whole thing just short circuits basically. And then I can't use it for anything. But if I close out the app, rebring it up, and search Taco Bell or Taylor Swift or Bluey, of all things, I don't know if you know what that is. Anybody with young children will. It works fine and goes right to the websites and loads up all of the data and everything. But I bring up Tropical Glaciers again. And it freaks out, and then it won't let me do anything, and it won't even let me go right from that page to search for any of those other things. I have to close the app out, start it back up, and try to search for something else. I just did it twice. You, you know what happened? No. It's been redacted. <laughs> you went there. <laughs> and you went there. I used those drops. <laughs> Told you I was going to try to a little bit. No, this is weird, dude. Like, I don't even... That's that's that really weird. weird to me. I, I used to have stuff like this happen all the time when I use a smartphone. That's so wild. Well, These are the types of things that open your eyes more and more. Right. But it makes sense. And the second you, you started talking about it, I was like, yeah, but there are mountains there. And they're up in the... You know, up in higher elevation. But it's like that... It really shouldn't matter on the equator. I'm going back because I missed a lot of what you said because I was dealing with, I don't know who's in charge of this, whoever's yeah. in charge of the internet, keeping me back here. They. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, but. So, I, I want to go back into the weakening of the the magnetic covering of the earth. Yeah, let's do because that. Because what, what they say is going on is that people's faith is weakening and that you have less religious experience as the magnetic field weakens because the way it affects your mind. And that could disprove faith in general, or it could prove faith depending on how you look at that. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that they're seeing that people's common human beings, common sense is literally not working properly. And so is the entire animal kingdom. And this is where I literally wanted to bring water shuffle into this. I think it's funny. Well, it's the first time it's relevant because of how they use their sense of the magnetic field, which we all have. Everybody has more than five senses, and um, the magnetic field sense is part of it. Yeah, it's significantly stronger in animals for whatever reason. Especially migratory animals. Yeah, migratory animals like migratory birds, like ducks and geese. (laughs) <laughs> many, many other birds. There's a lot of birds and whales and, and different creatures that, that migrate all over the world, go back to the same place every year. Salmon is another one. They have, they found these little like crystals. It's either in their eye or in their brain somewhere that react to the electromagnetic field. And it works like a compass. It guides them where they need to go. And throughout the past few years, since the 90s, and maybe they just started checking it in the 90s. I don't know. But 
more and more, these animals are seeming more and more confused and they're heading in directions that don't make any sense. They're not following their natural patterns. They're not going back to the same places. And people have had, scientists have had trackers on them and stuff like that. And they see them going back to the same place every year. And then all of a sudden they don't, they go somewhere else. Right. Or they act, you know, act weird. They, instead of flying south for the winter, they fly like west. The, What's going on? The you know, flamingos, the flamingos that we're seeing on Lake Michigan. I had not heard of that. That's quite interesting. That happened at that, like fall, fall, winter, last year, 2023. For the first time, five flamingos were seen on the shores of Lake Michigan in Wisconsin. So, I mean, obviously their directions were off. Um, yeah, no one wants to be in Wisconsin. Yeah, if you're going to go to Lake Michigan, go to Michigan. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, that happened. It's the first time in recorded history that a flamingo, a wild flamingo, has ever been had ever been seen there. And I think if you dig deeper, and I might be making this up, but I swear, because I read, like, six different articles on it, they were tagged as wild tropical flamingos. Like, they weren't from a zoo and got out. Like, that wasn't a thing. They migrated there for some reason. And people said it was because yeah. of the hurricane. It's like, well, there's been hurricanes. Yeah, hur- hurricanes don't mess the magnetic field like that, though. Right. And, and aren't, aren't flamingos from Africa? Well, there are wild flamingos in the tropical parts of North America. Oh, South America. Oh, okay. Uh, and South America. and But, like, flamingos are... You know the Gulf and stuff like that. There, you can see yeah. them there. They're they're known there. So they're migratory too. So they do go all over, and they're known to fly long distances. But you know, it's just not something you see in the Great Lakes ever. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the weird one. Yeah, and it's just it's it's wild. But yeah, that's something that's something that happened recently. So it all it all makes sense. Well, and while people are, are interacting with other people and going, is everyone losing their mind? Yes. Like, human beings are actually acting differently. And part of it's social contagion. Part of it's social media, our connection to electronics, mm-hmm. not living the lifestyle that human beings have lived for thousands of years, not being as interconnected with the people around us, all that stuff. But it seems like human beings, especially the ones that aren't as awakened in some manner, are literally losing their minds. They're, they're not thinking properly and normally, and they're not acting and reacting to things in the same way. It, it's very strange, and this is a phenomenon that people are seeing all over the world and complaining about. Like, it seems like common sense is just gone. That could be because of this weakening magnetic field because of the coming shift to the pole. Well, and the guy who I heard recently talking about the pole shift, uh, tactical advisor Tim is what I'll call him. He works for the German government and uh, the the new one, not the old one that we don't like to talk about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's the one that was talking about NPCs and the soulless beings and, and stuff like that. And what he says is, talk. I'll bring it to the table here with church terms. 
is these soulless beings or NPCs, they run more off of the flesh than anything spiritual. They don't have a higher consciousness. So if you think about our environment changing to where it can affect just the physical, then anything that might be considered a soulless being or maybe an NPC is going to be affected more than somebody who's connected to a higher consciousness. And you can go New Age with that. You can go Muslim. You can go Taoism. You can go Buddhism. You can go Christian. If you're you're a Christian, I'm sorry if it triggers you. You're connected to a higher consciousness. That's God and whatever. So, but if you're that, you're going to have, you're going to ground to that and your consciousness is going to be affected by that. But if you're not connected to anything like that, you're going to be affected so much by the physical environment around you that these electromagnetic changes and and things like that are going to affect you more. So just like the animal, just like the animals, it is, it's much more like an, like an animal existence, even though they're a human intelligence, it's still going to be much more like an animal existence. So I I guess I said all of that to go, yeah, I I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So, if we're talking about this pole shift, what are things that you've heard that we could expect to see happen in the world as this happens? And have you heard anything about how quickly this could happen or when? Because I've got some information on that. And I don't want to scare anybody. And I don't want to freak anybody out. But like, it, this is what they're saying, what scientists are saying, based on history that they've studied and measured. And, like, I'm not afraid of it, but I'm right with God, however you view God. Yeah. I feel I'm right there, and I'll be fine. And it's something we've talked about many times, and we'll continue to talk about. There's, there is a God, there is a highest power that you can align with, and you can live by, by his morality. And I say his because generally, in, in most, if not every religion I've studied, it's either God is a non-personal entity, of, not even an entity, but a non-personal force, or a he who goes by a father. Yeah, or a masculine. And there, are, there are some that have the goddesses, but even those religions that have the high goddess believe that there was or is in another form a high masculine god. They just don't recognize it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so that's why I say he. Like, I don't want to trigger anybody by saying he, but, like, that's why I say he. Um, yeah. And all that aside, like, being right in that sense, living by true morality, like, human beings know how to treat other human beings. Mm-hmm. And we choose not to because of selfish means. And that's not right. Like, we know that. Those, those of us that, that are awakened spiritually and have a spirit, I, I don't even understand. We've, Mitchell and I have talked about the NPC theory and people being soulless or spiritless or, or whatever. Those of us who have a connection with the spirit should have a higher morality. Right. Some don't. I think it's but worth, we should. I think it's, and you're right. I think it's worth 
because not maybe not everybody. I feel like people who stumble across, stumble across this are going to know what an NPC is, but I'd like to just describe it really quick. And yeah. the NPC theory is that it comes from video game develop, development and now is a spiritual belief system term. So in video games, you have your character. You're the main character. You're on the voyage. You're the one with the consciousness, pretty much. And then protagonist, protagonist, exactly. But still, like you're the one with. And there's also main character energy that people talk about, and it goes along the same lines. It's like this is where these people are getting their terms. There's video game logic. So NPCs are there. They exist. They're a body in the system but they don't have that connection to the higher consciousness. They don't, they're, they're there for a purpose. They're there to guide you along your journey. They're there to give you an item or they're there to get in your way. That's what an NPC is. And it's, it stands for non-player character. And I think that's why they've started to call them, or at least tactical advisor Tim, started to call them more soulless beings is they don't have that connection to the higher consciousness. They're here. There's a purpose. Their purpose is kind of that carnal keep the species going situation. You know, you need somebody to be there to, and I can't say this without, without offending somebody, but you need people to be there to keep the, keep the wheels turning while other people are connected to the higher consciousness. I don't know how to say that any more sensitive than that. Um, well, and the interesting thing about that is that we have more people today, as far as we know, we have significantly more human beings today than any other time in history. And it would be true that to keep what we've created going we might need those who are disconnected from the higher consciousness, mm-hmm. but that in the past we didn't because we didn't have the culture that we do now. And a lot of people farmed and lived off the land and, and that kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't need it then, but we need it now. And now they're like worker bees or something and they kind of do their thing. Um, there's yeah. A- it, it, there's another theory to throw out there that I've kind of put together from a lot of different people that I've been listening to, and it's that there are, it's it's a, also a byproduct of Nephilim bloodline breeding programs. And I know yeah. that a lot of people are going to hear that and be like, what is he talking about? That's a big That's a big thing to bring into the picture just out of almost no context. Well, to put it in another term, alien abduction, medical procedures, taking seed and or eggs, and like people have experienced that side of it. You're, You're talking about probably the same thing. Right. Well, and also you have these spirits in possessions of thing. It's been known in a lot of different different belief systems and 
I don't know where people want to believe spirits come from. I think technically there there's multiple different things, or the dead Nephilim after the Bible didn't have some place to go, so they were here and they became these evil spirits that are on Earth, and that's a really common like believed in thing now. It wasn't for a really long time. A lot of people thought that they were just ghosts or demons. But when you have a connection to a higher consciousness, it's like you're willingly letting yourself be possessed by that. And when it's something like the God creator or Yahusha or, you know, Jesus, then you're going to have, there's not going to be a total possession most of the time. You're going to be allowed to make the choices because they're caring and loving. But there are also these beings that want to get in and take control. So they've partnered with other beings that can get more into the physical to create these, for lack of a better term, vessels that they can go in and out of with very little effort. Mm-hmm. And I can't Soulless beings. Soulless beings because they're basically an empty vessel. They have personalities. They're alive. You can talk to one and not even know that it's any. It's, it's just a person on the street. It literally is just a person on the street. But they don't have that spark inside of them, that connection to higher consciousness. So they have a void inside of them. And that's, it's not ironic that people, you hear a lot of people with depression issues talking about, I feel like I have this hole inside of me that I need to feel, I need to fill. Well, that's supposed to be connected and filled with the spirit. And that's the spirit and connection to a higher consciousness. When you don't have that, or beings are created with that, and there's also the line of belief where, like, any of the greys, all of the grey alien, just are manufactured bodies that are used in exactly the same way. They are made in a lab, or maybe made in a similar uh, breeding program that maybe they're trying to facilitate here on Earth, and they are just there to be blank slates, basically, so they can be possessed by a consciousness and used. That body can be used by that consciousness for whatever reason. And that's kind of what is being brought to the table on the NPC soulless being thing in, you know, line of belief. Well, and I know this might sound crazy to some people, but I want to make a couple points based on what you're saying. The, I had it and I'm, I lost it. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, well, <laughs> and, and what I'm getting at is I don't have a full standstone, like structured belief on this yet. I'm going on, I've heard some things and some things are adding up to other things that are making sense. So I'm sharing it, but I don't want anybody to ever come to me and be like, you believe this? And it's like, well, I'm starting to believe some of it. Some of it sounds good. Some of it sounds like there could be something to it. But I don't have a full-on belief system attached to it. And that's why... I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts, reading books, trying to figure out more than what I already know. 
And that's kind of why I get on here and I I send and, and point people towards other stuff and other podcasts and the Blurry Bros and, and stuff like that, Tim Alberino, because these are places where I am learning things and structuring a belief system. And I want other people to be able to do that too. And that's the whole point of the name of the podcast is that things have been redacted from what we're supposed to know. And we're trying to unredact. Yeah. We're trying to bring things up, bring up a thought process. And it's a continuing thing that as we grow and learn, we continue the thought process and people can come along with us. And we hope that everyone who listens to this is moving along with us and opening your mind more and more and starting to understand more. And you might not come to the same conclusions that we do. That's fine. We might in five years come to the conclusions that you've come to or vice versa. We're just trying to get things out in the open so that we can all figure something out Mm -hmm. that we can see the things that have been hidden for whatever reason. Why have they been hidden? Who's hiding them? What's coming against us? There, there seems to be something coming against mankind as a whole. Why? What's yeah. happening? Why? But, Ooh, you know, why? There's so much to, to learn in the why and so much purpose in the why. And I think that's why so many people try to keep the why. <laughs> that's been my biggest, the what's next? What else is there? Why? And there are so many people that will get upset with you if you have to ask those questions and you get told, well, because I said so, because that's how it is. Just have faith. But there's a lot of purpose in the why. And you lose ignorance in that why, too. So, and I, I'm going to say this in a harsh way, but to the, if you're one of those people who have looked at people and said, just have faith, I'm sorry that you're too stupid to understand what you're talking about to give them a real answer, but you can tell people, I don't understand. We can dig into that and learn, but they don't. There are people in authority positions who don't know the answer and they won't tell you that. Right. And it's probably because they were told just that faith. Like it's probably not their fault. So my words might be a little harsh there, but it's your responsibility to then dive in deeper and learn more, not to tell people just have faith. That is, it's just ridiculous. True faith. What the word faith means is to have a hope in a promise that you've been given. Faith in God is. God said he would heal me because in Isaiah it says, by his wounds, I am healed. Mm-hmm. In now context, you know, it's not a future thing. It's not a past thing. It's right now. I am healed. I can be healed. Faith is going, Father, I believe what your word says. I am healed and I'm going to walk in this because you promised it. It's not a, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you anyway. That's not faith. That that might be trust, it might be hope, it, it's something else, but it, it's not actual faith. Faith is a promise that you've been given. And it's like trusting in, say, your dad says we're going to go out for ice cream on Saturday. And it's trusting and having a hope and a faith in the fact that your dad said 
we're going to go get ice cream. So I'm looking forward to the fact that we're going to get ice cream. I know I'm getting ice cream. That's faith. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good father, he's going to follow through with his work. We have a good father and the things that he promises us, he follows through. Now, we could be listening to deceptions from a lesser, higher being. And they might not follow through on that that process as well. But the highest entity, the highest power, always follows through on his promise. That's where discernment and intuition come in. And some people, that, that can be fueled by the opposite side is what I'll, I'll say it that way. You have to have discernment and you have to have intuition and you have to have intention is going to get you a pretty good amount of the way. You have to have pure intention because when you align yourself with pure intention, you align yourself with the pure intention of the universe, which is going to be the father. It goes a little bit further, you know, surrendering to him and, and, and stuff like that. And I don't have the fuel in me to get all the way into all of that. But if you try and align yourself with that purest of pure intentions, that pure line of the universe, then you're going to weed out the stuff and you can dig into some of the dark stuff. That's one of the reasons why I've went all over to so many different belief systems and looked into the witchcraft and the Norse and the, the pagan and the new age and stuff like that. Cause I still believe that there is truth in that stuff. Some of it is the tr- that there's, you know, truth in the lies. And I don't know how to explain that perfectly. It also has taught me how some of these mechanics of reality works as well. Problem is, is there's a lot of BS meant to trick us and to fool us and to deceive us. And that's where you have to always remember and stay as close to the father as you can in that line of intention. Because if you do, then it's going to be like a life preserver and it's going to keep you out of the worst of the worst or bring you back from the worst of the worst. And I think that, and we were never told this in the church, but I think what I've learned is the best tool for finding the truth and for not being deceived is being willing to be wrong, which is the same as having a lack of pride, like not being a prideful person. Because a prideful person can't admit they're wrong. Right. If you're willing to be wrong and willing to change your mindset, it's very hard to be deceived long-term. You can be deceived short-term. I, I've studied into a lot of religions and such, and for times I kind of got caught up in things at times that people would tell me are demonic or whatever, and I, I was learning. I was trying to seek understanding. I was, you know, My emotions would shift some. I'd, I'd start to go down a darker path or whatever, but I'd be corrected because I was willing to be wrong. Yes. And that's happened over and over and over again, where I'm like, I'm going to learn about this and I'm going to seek it like it's truth. And if it's proven wrong to me, I'll let go and I'll take what I learned that was good and I'll let go of what was bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's led me a really good, down a really good path. Yeah, you only start to walk down the path so long and then you get a little nudge back. Like, okay, let's not do that. Let's go back to the main path. And then you go the other way and then like, yeah, let's bring you back a little bit. If you set on a path and you're like, I'm 100% correct and this is truth and it can't be wrong, and I'm, you can get really deceived. 
for a really long time. And then you can get to a point where you're set up as a leader of a church or have people following you on a podcast or something. And now you're like, I can't say that I was wrong because I can't admit that I was wrong to all these people and they trust me. And mm-hmm. like, it can lead you down a really dark path. If you're not careful. That's for real. And the, the being open-minded like that, being willing to admit that you're wrong and growing from it, it's the, the same concept as failure is a part of success, not the opposite of it. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found a, an extra, I know this is a rabbit trail from even further than what we're on, but I always, cause I, I, I try to tell my son and I tell a lot of people in the recovery community that I'm, I'm a part of, you know, that failure is a part of success, not the opposite of it. But then I heard this the other day and I love it. Su- success is not the finish line. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, and at first I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> and, it, and it's true because you're going to succeed at Checkpoint. something. Exactly. You're going to succeed at something and then maybe you fail again. And, and you know, and it's just, it's all a journey is really what it is. It, it's a journey. There's a reason we're living in the existence of time and we perceive it as a linear thing, and it's because this is a journey, and we need to experience it this way for a reason. And the whole development of learning new things and being open-minded and and being willing to let go of past understanding and stuff like that, if you're an open-minded person who's willing to be wrong, people are going to hate you for it. And and they don't actually hate you, because I've noticed this with people. People are afraid of me when I get into really deep conversations with it and they react in like an angry, aggressive manner at times when you get to conversations with people mm-hmm. and they truly see that you're open-minded and willing to be wrong because it's, it's horrifying to people because they want to be in a comfortable little box. Mm-hmm. Human beings and everything, animals have their den. What, what is it? The Bible, Jesus said, something like the fox has its den and the bird has its nest, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Right. Other things have a safe space, but a human being in proper understanding is constantly growing, constantly changing. It it doesn't mean that you can't have a property that you cultivate. You have your safe space physically or whatever, but mentally you need to be willing to grow and change and that's what scares people. People come across somebody like that and they're like, they don't know what to do with you because they can't just, they can't put you in one of their boxes. Yeah. Our, our mind loves to put things in boxes and they can't put you in a box and everything in their life's in the box. And when you come up across a box person and you're not, you're completely out of the box and then you're ready to change. And you're very fluid and open-minded. Like it, it scares people and people will be aggressive for you. Yeah, they will. That was my Memorial Day, 2023. I've blogged about it. I've talked about it, and that's what it was. I got into this this box argument with some religious people. The crusade. What, the crusader, the back porch crusaders. What you described is what was happening, and it was I wasn't in their box, and it's like they wanted to put me in, in a box. Like, get in this belief box. This is the only one that makes sense. And I'm like, oh, well, no. The thing is, too... It makes them even more angry. So, like, what you said is they find out that you're open-minded. It makes them angry. And they come at you aggressively. It amplifies that when you're not just open-minded and they start to get aggressive. 
and you start agreeing with them, because that's where I sat in this one, we'll call it an argument, was I'm like, no, no, what you're saying is right. I believe that. But I also believe this. And they're like, that doesn't fit in the box. Get in the box with me. And I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 no. And they're like, but what about all of this? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I believe that too. But I also, I also believe this. And they're like, no, you know, (laughs) I mean, that was basically what I was dealing with. It's like trying to run Facebook on a computer from the eighties. (laughs) <laughs> like just smoking everywhere and freaking out. Like I can't do all this. I don't understand. Well, it came to a point to where I had a leader of a church, a church, a Christian church go, you're stupid. You can't believe that. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not stupid. I'm learning and I'm open and that's okay. I've had, my little deliverances and I've had my visions with my creator and I've had my prophetic prayers and Yahweh was okay with it. He's putting me on a path to learn things. And sometimes I believe something that maybe I shouldn't, but I'm open enough to when it's proven wrong to drop it and not yell at somebody and call them stupid which is not how he wants his people treating his other sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. It is mm-hmm. not how you deal with that. Well, and I, I want to say to anybody out there who is an open-minded person, who's willing to change, who's seeking truth, trying to be better, trying to love people, trying to take care of the world around you, trying to care for animals and anything you come across, you're trying to live a benevolent lifestyle and you're trying to seek understanding. When people call you stupid for it, you're not stupid. You're not stupid for using your brain. You're not stupid for having a thought process that isn't the same as the hive mind. Mm -hmm. And like we were created to be a hive mind. That's why it's a comfortable thing. Mm Mm-hmm. We were created to think like the one that created us. But the hive mind of the world is not that. Right. We, we should all have the same mind. We should all act as in this perfect symbiotic relationship with nature around us, with the animals around us, with the people around us. And we should be able to live in perfect harmony, not destroying anything completely in unison living and that doesn't mean nothing dies that doesn't mean i'm not saying any of that there, there's cycles there's every time we eat something something dies mm-hmm. people that say they don't want to kill anything well when you eat lettuce you kill the lettuce too i, I hate to tell you mm-hmm. it, it's part of part of the process that's what this creation is how this creation is made it's energy transfer energy never is destroyed it just transfers from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. That's the process. But if you're not stupid for thinking, you're not stupid for caring, you're not stupid for having a different idea than others. Now, if you keep doing the same thing and completely failing over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again, 
that's probably stupid. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw that out there. Just the definition. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you probably need to change something. Stop beating your head up against the same wall. Hit your head on a, a bunch of different walls. Stop hitting your head on the brick wall. <laughs> well, pull shift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You need to have a whole shift in your mind. That's the funny thing is there's everything is an analogy for everything else is Mm -hmm. have a pull shift in your mind. Let it shift. We didn't really talk about as much as I wanted to. The fact that, you know, the Antarctica was tropical at one point, which meant it was by the equator, which would have been a 90 degree shift. And now they're talking about a 90 degree shift instead of 180 flops. So it sounds like that's kind of more how things work which makes more sense, and Mm -hmm. that could be what brought on the genesis of the Bible was a pole shift that destroyed absolutely everything, among other things that happened, and possible wars, and intergalactic wars, and comets, and all of that. We got off on a really awesome rabbit trail there, and I don't really know if I have much more to add to this experience. Sacred texts throughout history have always had some sort of apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Apocalypse means revealing. That's why Revelation is named Revelation. It's the revealing of Jesus Christ. It's literally supposed to be the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's what Revelation is about. In Revelation, if you read it for what it's actually saying, there's judgment by fire, meteors, an asteroid. Uh There's great earthquakes that flatten all the cities. All the mountains are moved out of their place and brought to the ground. There's floods. There's worldwide destruction. It also happened with Noah's flood. There's an earthquake. There's water. There's water coming from the sky and from below. There's, it's talked about in Isaiah, talked about in Ezekiel, talked about in the Quran, talked about in Vedic texts, hmm. talked about... And other things that I've read, I can't, can't remember offhand. Well, here, it's talked l- about. Let me toss this in there. I know that the the New Jerusalem, the destruction of this earth, and the the creation of the new earth and New Jerusalem coming being a part of that coming down onto this existence is part of the in Revelation. But it sounds mm-hmm. also like they're going to turn this planet into something that's desolate and destroyed, and then have an oasis the new Jerusalem. And that's kind of the picture. If you look at it one way, you know, we've talked about Eden being in another dimension and stuff like that. And we're kind of learning that from other stuff, but that's kind of the picture that's painted. If you read Genesis a certain way is that the earth was desolate and destroyed. And then there was this oasis. And so it's the start of a new cycle. And that's uh, revelation 21. It talks about the great fight between Michael and the dragon and I, I've heard say that Michael is Venus and the dragon is something else and that there's all these different things in the sky. It, it could mean a lot of different things. But you get to 21, verse 1, and it says, And I saw a renewed heaven, a renewed earth, or a new heaven, a new earth, depending on the translation. For the former heaven and the former earth had passed away, and the sea is no more. And then it talks about the new Jerusalem coming down and setting up pretty much a paradise culture on the earth mm-hmm. which sounds like you were saying it sounds exactly like what genesis is supposed to be mm-hmm. 
the old earth was completely destroyed. Not completely as in the earth was gone, but like the face of the earth was completely destroyed. Yep. And then was renewed. And then there's a new setting, <laughs> a new people. And it was supposed to be paradise. It was supposed to work properly. And because we royally messed up what was given to us over and over and over again, there will be another renewal. And I think is what it's prophesied. I think that's how the dragon, or what a lot of people would consider Satan, but I've been calling him the dragon more because of my Alberinoisms. But mm-hmm. I think I have a feeling that's one of the reasons he's so mad at us is he's postulated um, <laughs> that Satan, the dragon, is a regent of his own place. And what I'm or own realm, and he kind of sometimes makes realm sounds like a realm could be a planet. Um, I want to throw out there, maybe he was the regent of what the Earth was before. Mm-hmm. And then instead of fixing it and giving it back to him, God started over and created mankind to take over instead and that's where that hatred comes from not much to go off on that that is just a feeling i'm getting from a whole bunch of different resources being poured into this one vessel of my consciousness (laughs) Mm -hmm. and mixing up into this smoothie of all these different resources but that makes sense to me right now and it's very it's very possible. There's a lot of possibilities out there. Like Venus could have been the books that I read. He didn't go into this, but he said that Venus was a comet. That's his theory. So it came from somewhere else, had a few close collisions with the earth, almost completely destroyed the earth, got really messed up itself in the process. Right, and it could have been uh, Venus is called Lucifer in some ancient writing. The morning star. It's where Lucifer comes from in Isaiah, and it could be that that was the plan, and that he destroyed everything there, and so he was going to come take the earth, and because he wasn't allowed to, he tried to destroy it. Could be. I mean, who knows? That's, that's the thing is we don't know the past. The past has been completely hidden from us. Mm-hmm. Our history has been destroyed. So history is written by the winner and all the truth is thrown out in the process. So you know, makes the other guy look good. And then over on top of that, you have this malevolent force trying to destroy mankind for all sorts of reasons that we, we probably can't ever fully comprehend. Right. And, they've destroyed our history as well. So it's so hard for us to know for sure. But like what we can know is love one another, care for the world around you, make it a better place, raise animals and love them. Even if you raise them for food, treat them well, Right. have a garden, be grounded, breathe fresh air, eat real food, teach your children to love each other, actually have children, 
even if the world is to end in 15 years or so, which is what they're postulating, (laughs) whether that's true or not, we're not sure. Even if that's true, have hope in the future, have children. If all this comes down the way they're saying, it's very possible that some people will come through to the other side. Don't let it be this apocalyptic, horrible thing that you're just dreading. Live your life. Live it the way we're supposed to. Love those around you. Live it to the best of your ability and enjoy your time. And I'm not saying go out and have a ton of sex and do a bunch of drugs and go gamble all your money away. That's a complete waste of your life. That's a waste of your resources. Go find someone, somebody to love. Raise a family. Love your children. Spend time with human beings. Have good conversations. Have fun. Play games. Those are the things that make life meaningful. And if humankind would have been doing this the whole time, maybe things would look a little different. Raise the frequency. Yeah. Thank you for summing all that up in two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> that was even less than that. Anyway. Well, I think that's a really good place to to stop this one, and we're going to touch on some of this stuff in the future because I don't think the pole shift is going anywhere for right now. People might try and hide it, but I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, but with that, and Lucas really, he just kind of blew my mind with that. Love each other, be kind, grow plants, and hug a tree. Um, which I always make that hug a tree joke, but I do that just so everybody knows. I actually hug trees because it feels good and the energy transfer is real. So I make hug tree joke. Do it. Just do it. Just go hug a tree. Uh, and as the one that told everyone pretty much to go hug a tree, I don't actually hug trees. <laughs> But I do wear grounding shoes or go barefoot and touch trees while I walk through the woods because I feel the energy transfer and it makes me feel better. And you can feel the life of the things around you. So, But I don't actually hug them. I'm not weird like Mitchell. Apples and oranges. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting intimate with trees. Oh. <laughs> Anyways. Make sure there's not an owl in there first. <laughs> I think there's an old parable about that, and we're not going to go into it. So, um, with that, everybody, that was redacted, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Redacted Recover Your Mind podcast. For more episodes, click the link in the description.